0: It is episode 364. I have three different numbers on my page, and apparently I'm not a very good note taker and note fixer because I almost said it was 362, 363, now 364, but that's just a Randy problem. I will be open and honest that I am working through a migraine, and so I have the caffeine jitters at this point. So if I say something really stupid, you know, what just, always just impresses me so much,
1: Randy. Just go. For you it. are better than the mailman when it comes to podcasts. You deliver it. Rain, snow, uh, migraines. Um, I don't know. You, you just you you power through. It, it takes something pretty catastrophic. So.
0: I almost texted you um, at, uh, texted y'all at 3.30 this morning when I was puking my guts out. So, and said, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to make it tomorrow, but we prevailed. I had cheese curds. I mean, what are you supposed to do with <laughs> cheese curds for staff if they don't come and make it to staff, right?
2: So, is that a cause of the migraine or a cure for the migraine?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, over the course of the weekend, you know, we did cheese out pretty well because. That's where the cheese curds are fresh. That's where you have to really enjoy them. What you get here in Florida places like Culver's, it's I mean they're real but they're not the they're not the real real. Yeah, it's not the ones you brought were good. And real. It's yeah. not going 3 blocks away to the cheese factory that they then carry them over and dunk them in this beautiful breading and then deep fry them mm. so that you can enjoy them type fresh. And I did
1: not have a big lunch. I'm feeling hungry at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, me too. Uh but yeah, no, we did uh, we did all kinds of things while we were gone Friday night. The Friday Night Fish Fry. If you've never had a Wisconsin perch plate, you're missing out. And if you're in the <laughs> Green Bay area for the 2025 NFL Draft, which was just announced, sorry, you can go to Mackinaws. They've got great, great perch plate, which I found out on Friday night. All right, so well,
3: podcast field trip. But...
0: It was a field trip. And it <laughs> would was not a... be a th- podcast if food wasn't mentioned. <laughs> it's I so was just going to say, <laughs> at some point we have to get food involved. So, you know, I felt like the whole weekend was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal for my family, what we were doing. Uh, just a, a short trip, but a, a really fun trip. I missed Ken two, Ken's two-year anniversary here at Whole Life Church. No, you yeah. yeah. haven't two. quite missed it. It's actually the second, it. It.
1: it's the second Sabbath in June, isn't this? Is, it the, is, is it the first it sermon that I preached at whole life? So yeah, okay. I be, said man.
2: first Sabbath. It was the second. Well, Sabbath. I
1: said that last year too. So we were just continuing a tradition of being completely confused about when my. <laughs> so, I feel like I kind of started working in late April, early May. I just didn't preach until that's true June. So, so maybe that's where
0: I got that from. Yeah, whatever. But that means then we're almost a hundred. We're over a hundred episodes in. Man, with Ken behind the mic. That's crazy. That is crazy. He doesn't seem. I mean. I mean, sometimes it seems long, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. not, you know, not, not typically. I'm just like, wow, has it been? T- I'll John- take it. <laughs> <laughs> when John mentioned two years, I was like, wait a minute, that 2000, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Time that's flies. Me yeah, we bought fun. our house
1: here in April two years ago. So we're, we're officially Florida right residents there. for over two years. So. That's wow. it. Yeah.
0: And then it's already mentioned, or did I mention it? I don't know. Special guest speaker this week, so Ken could be gone.
1: I want to say a huge thank you to John for covering for me this uh, <laughs> this last Sabbath while I was uh, up in North Carolina, hanging out with my son. He was uh, part of graduation ceremonies at the school he's at there, and uh, and so we went up to pick him up and bring him home. So he's home now, and so John, it normally when we ask when I ask staff to cover for me, it's they get to kind of pick the topic that they want to to cover, um, or it's, it's, there's, but you really, uh, you really went the extra mile. You, you took on a great question. I think, uh, that was very courageous. And you, by the way, I watched first service. Um, I had to be at, uh, at another church service later on that day, but I watched first service and, and I think you did a fabulous job. I thought the sermon was really good.
2: Well, I, I, I truly enjoyed it. Uh, it, it. And it didn't feel like that big of an ask to me. Uh, when I heard the topic, I just really, <laughs> I purely
0: enjoyed it. Uh, start maybe more than I should have. It was well, a lot of fun. Uh, I can just tell you, I'm enjoying it right now. I enjoyed it not until today because I was gone and I didn't have a chance for either scenes. So I did check, I mean, I'll, I shouldn't say this, but I was gone, but I did. And I had someone backing me up here in Orlando. Thank you, Philip. But I did check at nine thirteen to make sure that all the spots went online, just so in case. And um, and then again when it went at eleven forty three, good to me.
3: (laughs) You can take Randy out of whole life, but you can't take the whole life out of Randy. Oh man! And and
0: so second service we spent on a Harley Davidson and my girls and stuffed in a sidecar. So we were having nice. We we were having fun. So I can't uh, can't say that I thought about it at that point. But so by the way, uh oh, this was kind of cool. I don't know. You can
1: decide whether you want to use this or not, but I was in North Carolina at an event, and I had a guy walk up to me and said, I love your podcast. Come on. True story. True story. And I actually had him. I actually video recorded him. Did you say thanks, Dad? it. It was... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. But that was this was actually someone who is not related to me whatsoever. Believe it or not. Yeah. So th- it was pretty cool. And so I, I actually said, hey, could you um could you let me record you, saints uh, I mean, I know that uh, Randy loves um, hearing these things. And so he, he let me record him. And so let me see if I can uh, pull this up. It's. Hey, Randy. I want you to introduce you. I'm at, at Eric's right now anyway and i want to introduce you to somebody who listens to our podcast yeah Yeah, absolutely how'd you hear about it so i was talking with eric and he told me that some of them might be on spotify so i went back and looked at them and i've been listening through like uh two years worth almost now so i've i've been really enjoying them so thank you guys so i guess you're right our numbers are going up Wow, wow that's awesome look at
0: that pretty cool huh well, it is pretty cool because these are the times when you hear people that are like, oh, I'm almost two years going back two years. Then that's when you see the numbers of odd episodes or like what are, what are people listening to today? I can see that on our dashboard and it's like episode five. And I'm like, wow! They someone is going through the catalog, and just like working their way back. So we are, you know, we just hit our fifth month of, you know, in a row. Of By the, the way, that was
1: Jeffrey. Up. So Jeffrey, if you're listening to this episode, thank you. Yeah, yeah Jeffrey.
0: thank you, Jeffrey. And if you ever have a question, you know, send you it in. Send it in because we'd be happy to c- tackle it. And I was thinking when. John for when the previous week and we, John heard what the question was that he had, it was like a three parter. And when every single phrase like contains the word divine in it and, you know, in questioning, do we have that divine power? Do we, do our words contain that divine power? How do we get that power? And I'm like, man, I don't know how I would even, but where would I, where would I start with a question like this? And of course, after the message, I'm like, well, that was pure genius, John. That was uh, – I, I I'm with Haas. I was – of that generation, maybe a lot of us are, that, you know, it was sticks and stones may break my bones. And, you know, you of course we've always known that that was not true, that it really can. But the way you came after it and just from, you know, salt of the earth, common sense – uh, just everything that I think that I feel like John Monday is on a typical day here at Whole Life Church. And um, I really appreciated how. You used a couple of different stories, and you even some of your own. The Joel Hunter, the cafeteria line story. That's like the, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was, man, I hope this guy isn't is, is the short line like the cafeteria Nazi, like from Seinfeld. This guy's like, no, 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 no food for you. But no, he's the he's the affirmation guy. And how many people don't want to hear that, even from somebody that they don't know? And it's at least I thought in that situation, maybe till. Could be creepy, but I guess the cafeteria guy. I mean, right? He's well. Apparently,
2: it wasn't creepy to the kids going through the line. No,
0: obviously the the numbers pointed that out. And I really, I'd never heard you tell the story before, and maybe you have with uh, with Andy McDonald and the head elder that came to you and and just said, you know, we know who you are. We, we'd like you to come work. And and you know, I immediately resonated with that story because when I first met Ken, we went to lunch. And he's like, someday we need to work together. He's like, I, we had fun at lunch and I like to work with people. And I was like, hmm, okay. File that away for, you know, whatever. And then as it comes to fruition and you find yourself here and you think back to how you got here. And when people ask me, well, how did you end up working at a church? Especially people like you, Pookie. And I hope you're listening this week. Hmm. You know, there's something about the idea that somebody else sees value in you that isn't related. And at that point, Ken didn't know me very well. We had, I mean, we had just met for maybe we'd known each other a couple of weeks, but how did it make you feel? Not only did you say yes, obviously to come to work here, but did it change the way you viewed the job because of the way you came here? Well, to start with, I don't
2: think that my experience is probably all that unique of people that work here. This is uh, just like you were saying. I yeah. think, and as I'm thinking about it, most of the people that work here, I think, were recruited relationally because of who they were. And it's sort of one of those times of, of very much trying to get the right people on the bus. Hmm. And
0: uh, That's a little crazy so, yeah, right it, it, there.
2: It feels... It feels really good when smart, accomplished people tell you that you're the right person to be on the bus.
0: Did you hear what John just said about you, Ken?
2: And um <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> heard it. Yeah, yeah. And so and then it, it makes you want to be the person they think you are. Uh, it well, and it changed it changed my life. Obviously, I've worked here for 18 years. Think about what what that means to to have just a few words influence what you're going to do for the next eighteen, 18 years. twenty years yeah. it's it's huge and and I thought back there were so many times in my life when somebody has said just a few words that changed everything.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think we all have those. Even the, beside of one like I just mentioned, I can think of a couple that come to mind. And. What I liked about your message was sometimes we we feel like we're, we're taking things in and we're we're listening and we're trying to wrap our minds around what's being talked about and making sure we're not missing points. And then when you, and you had told everyone to make sure they brought their phone, and I really was wondering like no one asked for a mentee, so I'm like okay we're not doing a survey. And I'm like, yeah, he's not gonna like like let people use their phone in the middle of church. What would they use it for? But but I thought it was genius to invite people to be, I mean, to do it, but also do it together. There's a little bit of vulnerability when you're sitting next to someone and you're, you know, you put some of those on the screen like, I'm sorry. And don't put the button there because if you put the button there, it it means that you're doing it wrong. But to engage somebody that you hadn't talked to for a while and really showing in action the power of our words. To do that in in that setting, I I thought it was genius, and I couldn't hear over the the because the, I mean, the microphones aren't going to pick up all of that unless it was a really loud ringer. But did you see a lot of people uh, raise their hands? We didn't get a shot of it on at least in second is what I I, think, I believe the service I watched. I didn't see if people were holding their phones up. But did a lot of people hold them up? Did they get there were responses? pretty
2: fair enough. Yes, there were a lot of people holding up their phones. I wish everybody would have held up their phones, but yeah. there were a, a lot of people, so people were engaged. And um, and I have to tell you, there were some some power words that I chose not to use. I, I thought it would just be you know a little too negative. I was going to do things like. Tell people if you're not holding up your phone, I dare you to hold up your phone, <laughs> or calling them chicken if they didn't hold up their phone. <laughs> oh, that, uh, I
3: don't. That, that has but, a lot of power. That yeah. one right there. Wow. <laughs> but
2: I decided, you know, those are powerful, but maybe in the wrong direction. <laughs> not in going the to right.
3: do that. But you know, I heard, I heard, I kept hearing intermittent dings, you know, or, or sounds indicating that people were getting messages, and I saw at least one person who got a phone call and and stepped out. You gave them permission to do that. Yeah. Maybe they were ordering Chipotle or something. I don't know. Well, but- you know,
0: you,
1: you never know. But, you know, but, if you have to apologize to the P- Chipotle guy for the way you treated him when he showed up, <laughs> you know true. that's okay. So, <laughs> but, but
2: I, I would love to hear the stories. I mean, if anybody's listening, and you yeah. sent a text or you got a text or you got a call, or if something happened since then, and of course, I know for me, maybe it's the generation I'm in. Usually, if I send somebody a text, I'm not getting something back right away. It's going to yeah. be a couple hours to a couple of
0: days, generally speaking. But, um, but see, this is why I love John Monday. Because John Monday knows how to set it up. He just threw that softball right across the plate for my next point was if you participated and if you got a response. And I'm going to ask you to do it a little bit differently than we normally do. But I would love if you would read it in a voicemail because I would love to just put a bonus together episode. And even even if that was next Sunday or Monday before we release it, if I could get as many as I can, I'll hold off. But if you actually did it, I would love to hear it in your words instead of just reading it as a text message because that's a little less impersonal. Just given the fact of what John asked you all to do, I think if you were – even if you read the text or the exchange or if there's a part of it that you don't want to read the actual words because it's too personal – um then just um you know let us know how it went and as much as you can it would just be great to hear those stories so you could do that voicemail at 407-965-1607 and then we will uh, I will put all those together and I will put them into a bonus episode cuz I really think that would show really the power of you know the questions that that John was really struggling with in Genesis 1, you started talking about, then God said, and this is what happened, and the repetition of that over and over. And you said, you know, what if a portion of the like us, meaning like us to God and to the Trinity, is to speak and use words to engage others for him and the power of those words? And I, I had never thought about that specifically in that way before, and it was, it was an aha moment. And you sealed it with the Tower of Babel. When they're like, "How do we stop these people?" Confuse their language. There goes the power. And it really, to me, that really was a powerful thought process of, "Whoa, if you know, if you can stop that language from everyone understanding each other, you just you render them pretty harmless." That was a great illustration.
2: Well, I never really thought about the Genesis story in that way either. But it really hit me when reading the Genesis story and then reading the first verses in the book of John and how yeah. they were both went back that way. But the scripture that we were talking about was, you know, the power of words. And it made me begin to think are our words powerful regardless of what we do? And that was where the Tower of Babel. Babel story Babel, came yeah. in, it, it's like, no, the words were powerful, whether they were used for good or were used for evil. The mm. words were moving mountains. Yeah. So something had to be done.
0: Another question that that brought up for me was, what about free will then? You know, we talk about God in, in our, our ability f- to have free will when we deal with God, and it's like, well, if he doesn't intervene, he's like, nothing will be impossible for them. So is that free will because of that?
3: Wow, that sounds like a great service for John really to preach great, next great time.
0: Question. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I know that's I know that's off topic, but that was the first thought when you said it was once the impact of it came in, like you said, whether we use them for good or whether we use them for evil. But then, well, wait a minute. My first thought was well, what would have happened if nothing was impossible for them? What trajectory in the space-time continuum does the earth go? if god just doesn't do anything and allows it to go that way and that's what made me think well was it was it a reduction in free will just for your own good was it not at all? I don't know. I, that's a tough one hey, for Ken me. Ken and
2: Melanie, you're looking at me. You, you all do this all the time. <laughs> John know. is desperately looking at
0: that around. We're like, hey, you preached this week. You answer that question. You got if soft, Randy
1: wants to throw a hundred mile per hour ball. Across you got softballs on
0: stage amazing. this week, so we saved the best. Yeah, you really guest.
2: suckered me in, and then you know, then you get that. Uh, so let's just go free will from here. Um, I don't think I have an answer for your question that's how's, it that's a good answer yeah,
0: yeah no that's acceptable because I, I don't know if there is one I mean I don't always understand and I don't always think that when I read stories in the Bible whether they're true or they're allegories meant to teach us something I don't always feel like we really do have the free will that we think we do so this is something that I deal that i I think about anyway and then this was just like well, I a, think
2: free will is a great Idea, but I think we have so much more power than we think we have, and the you know the the Tower of Babel is not the only time when God ruminates about nothing will be impossible for him if we don't right. slow him down. He does the same thing in the Genesis story and the uh, creation story, and he and it's indicated in many other places. So I mean, I think another takeaway from that is to think about how much power do we really have that we don't realize we have hmm. that's that's there all the time and we throw it around as if it doesn't matter
0: yeah because if you're not aware of it you can certainly abuse it easy so also well, john
3: your your sermon Created a lot of uh, conversation around our lunch table. I was hoping to Ooh, hear about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was really so. So I have a point of clarification question okay. for you because we were we were <laughs> Does debating this. free
0: will.
1: <laughs> She's trying to help him out, Randy. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this is a detour. Well, I this, hope is she a, this is a
3: quick turn. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah. Well, we'll just wait and see. We'll wait. Okay. Here's the question. So when you were talking about the power of words that people have to speak. Is that divine power that people are speaking or human power that people are speaking when they speak things into existence or or, or create with their words?
2: Well, I'll start at the end, which is I'm not 100% sure what I mean, but—, okay. uh, but- <laughs> But I'll also say I, I had a little bit of this conversation with you, Melanie, last week beforehand, and it had to I had to change a little bit because one of the things I proposed to you was that what if words themselves are divine? And Melanie challenged me saying, So you're a pantheist now. And I said, Well, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm not that. So let's go another route. I don't like that label, so <laughs> yeah. how can I change this? So um I I think that God gives through God's divine power, He gives us power. And then does that mean that that power that He gives us, is that divine or is it human? Can it be both? Can can it be divine in its origin and human in its application or human in its misuse? Hmm. Um, I think there are things that He gives us, again, and I think it's part of the, the like us, it's the in God's image. So when we start talking about the things that that characterize us, that are a part of God's image, then the divine human line gets a little bit fuzzy, which is not to say that we are divine. I don't, I don't believe that in any way, but I do believe that God divinely granted us abilities that he does not grant to any other part of creation.
0: Think about some of the people that you know that are super intelligent, they talk... Like their their vocabulary, their delivery is very just always perfect. And you think to yourself, I can see divinity in that. Like your gift from God was communication or words or the putting together of words. My dad and I had a conversation about school and what we were good at while I was home this weekend and he's like I like reading, he's like, I've read more books in the last like 10 years or 20 years than I read in my entire schooling. (laughs) He's like, because that uh, spelling, reading, pronunciation, the English language was never something that I was good at. Whereas for myself, I mean, from an early age, I couldn't always explain it. I didn't always do well on tests because I can't prove it. It was just something that I was good at and it came naturally to me. And so I think sometimes when we we try to decipher one versus the other if that was your gift from God whether you how you choose to use it whether you're you know you choose to speak truth or you speak good in general about everything I mean I guess that's open to interpretation of what line would be called you know divine or what might be called human but I think there's a lot of proof just looking around that a lot of people who are really good orators and who are really good at crafting and making you just hang on their words, it's not always about positive things or it's not always about things that would be uplifting or things that I think would be pleasing to God. So I think it's really hard to differentiate what your gift from God and being in his likeness might be, but whether or not that's words of divinity or divine power.
3: Yeah, I was trying to think of an analogy because I was, I, we were positing different ideas of what we thought you might be saying. And, um, And I was I was thinking about about the idea of um, like, for example, my son was sitting at the table and we were talking and he's very musical. He plays the guitar and and I like to think he got his musical inclination from me, even though he's a better musician than I'll ever be. Um, But but he got that from me. But yet what he does with it is his. So it doesn't necessarily belong to me, even though it came from me. Is that kind of what you were?
2: No, I love that. Yes, that's exactly what I meant, Melanie. <laughs> okay.
0: good, good recovery, John. That was quick. <laughs>
2: that, you, you are so insightful. You got that. Uh, no, I, I do think that's a big part of it. God, God gives us gifts, and even though they're beautiful, wonderful, even perfect gifts, that doesn't mean that we perfectly use them. And when I think about the, the power of words, and you used a great example of, of musical ability and your musical ability and what your son has, I, I've seen, and I know all of us in this room who have worked in church work and pastoral work have seen this, I have seen parents use words to their kids mm. that have act, absolutely put them in boxes and surrounded them with trenches and mountains. that 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 kid can't see, and I can look and see they're not there, but that kid cannot escape them. They are as as real as they can be. And I've likewise seen parents use these words of power that have helped their children understand that they could do things far beyond what anybody thought they could do. So, uh, yeah, I just think there's... God has given us this gift, and it's going to have an impact. I think it's going to have a supernatural impact. It's going to have an impact beyond simply the value of moving air around.
0: I think part of it for me was just the realization or the remembering, the bringing it back to your attention, putting it in the forefront, because it's often we communicate about a lot of different things and some of them more important than others, Sometimes it's not always about God, even though God is what's pushing us in our lives. Hopefully, if that's what we're searching for and that's who we're trying to emulate. But just finding uh, uh, or remembering that how powerful those words. And when you, you, when you said magic tricks, you know, kind of relying on our own words and our own will versus miracles, which, you know, submitting our will and our words to God, that puts a responsibility You know, on us that I I didn't feel like it. Like it's it's a heavy responsibility. Like it, you know. Oh man, that's one more thing I've got to I got to worry about. But more so, what a what a good responsibility! What an honor it is that God would give us this gift for us to use and to take it more as a challenge or more as a how could I really get good at this? How could I really make sure that when I talk to John or I talk to Melanie or anyone that my goal is to raise up, not cut down. Even if I don't know for sure what's going on in their lives, there's easy ways to uh, just raise people up a little bit. And if I think the more we do that, the better we get. And hopefully the more we, we start to realize what a real gift that is. Responsibility is probably not the right word that I'm looking for, but maybe and it's more of an honor or that God would give that to someone like me who when you know all of your shortcomings it feels like a a pretty big deal
2: well again I think we one of the things I started doing a few years ago and, and there's a lot of things I don't do right and there's not many things I do completely right probably not any but I realized a few years ago that from time to time here, here's a great insight from time to time I think about people how's that
3: uh, good job John
2: so but I decided, you know what? I'm saying I've been thinking about this person for five minutes, and I have the technology in hand to reach out to him. So why not just reach out to him? And just yeah. if I if I said nothing more than I'm thinking about you, I've realized that if somebody I haven't seen in five years sends me a text and says I'm thinking about you, that's pretty cool. It changes my day. Yeah. And it doesn't take much effort for me to use these things that I believe are divine in origin to change somebody else's day. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's what I said when I wasn't able to answer the question you were asking. So uh, we'll we'll go we'll with go, that.
3: We'll, go. well, you know, talking about responsib- responsibility, honor, um, in terms of what we say, um, I think it's First Peter, First Peter it says something to the effect of if any of you speaks, you should speak as though you're speaking the very words of God. <laughs> wow. and, yeah. um, and I think about that, I have thought about that a lot uh, over the past years. And I remember um, when, when our son was killed, I had the opportunity to speak to the kid who killed him in Oof. the court. And um, as I was sort of thinking what I want to say to him, um I was praying about it and I was just really strongly impressed that I could not say anything to him that could potentially damage his heart in such a way that he couldn't come to repentance that he that that would damage him away from God so so that responsibility that I had on my words as I walked into the courtroom and I I faced him was a mandate in terms of what I was what God was allowing me mm. to say to this kid and i mean speaking of power you know that was a momentous you know momentous moment i guess where i realized the power of my words and what those words could do in that moment
2: yeah and what an what an incredibly powerful moment and and what you chose to do was not, I would dare say, what was the easy thing to do. And and I would also say that probably the words, and I'm just now thinking about this as I hear your story, amazing story. It wasn't only how the words would impact him, but it's how the words that you would speak would impact you.
3: Right. Yeah, would impact me. And you know what? Our family was all sitting there. His family was all sitting there. The judge was sitting there. You know, the victim's rights advocate was all sitting there. And I realized afterward, uh, when people talked to me about what I said, that it wasn't just me and this kid in the room. It was everybody who who heard. And like you were saying, it was affected by what happened.
2: Yeah, there's always an audience or yeah. almost always an audience. Yeah,
0: It's very scary to think about. Jeff and I, he's uh, meeting with some people that uh, family that lost a loved one. And I'm like, man, I'm glad that's your job and not my job, because I I'm always nervous and I can't even imagine being in in, in that courtroom under those circumstances, but always afraid to say the wrong thing when your intentions are so good, even like you pray about it and I don't know if anyone else has but in in sticky situations or uncomfortable or just where the the situation calls for so much tact and you pray about it and it's just like something comes out of your mouth that you just are so surprised and you're like why this I mean what what who could what could how could this in any way be a plus to the situation that we just encountered and you know you you, you just it's not what you want and you're just like ah so that the power and the responsibility that brings it to a whole nother a whole nother level, but what an honor to speak for God
1: mm-hmm. and
0: his ideals and his what He wants for each of us to someone who you know I can't even imagine what he went through too, after knowing you know once you realize what your actions the mm-hmm. power of your actions in the same way yeah well, we had a couple of questions, and the first one was from some guy, I think he used a pseudonym online. He said you definitely name, skip that one. He said his name was Ken. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: actually answered it during Q and A.
0: Did he? Did you? Oh, yeah. I, I, it's almost been a softball
1: one. I wasn't yeah. trying to first softball, but apparently, <laughs> well, hot. Uh,
0: oh, apparently, I uh, got gotcha. you. Thought it was so. Okay. Well, which one was it? that? What? Was the so? Do you think Jesus saying we could move mountains was metaphorical and not literal?
2: I don't remember what I said. What did I say? It was really,
1: really smart at the time. <laughs> you know, it was you good. said that it, you said, yeah, you said that you thought that it um, that it could be literal, but it was most likely meant to be metaphorical.
2: Yeah, and well, and now nah, it's coming back to me a little bit. But the um, the scripture that was surrounding this, when Jesus said, "If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move little mountains,", mountains yeah. the, what what the disciples had been asking was not to move mountains. It was about casting out demons, and so and, and that's what really started me thinking a lot about the demons that we <laughs> cast out the demons that we cast in very mm. frequently. And I don't know for sure all the time what Jesus meant when he said demons or what other New Testament speakers thought about when they said demons but but I know and we talked about it a little bit before especially with the power of parents I've watched people put demons into yeah people's lives and I've had I've had people cast demons out of mine when they put an arm around me and said mm. it's going to be okay yeah. There have been at least three times in my life when those were the exact words and those were the only words and it changed
0: everything. Changed it, yeah. All right. Mom Doc asked, how can our emotions, our faith, and our distress affect our words? Should we pretend everything is okay always? Should we be drastically frank? Or is it possible to always have full control of our words? I'm not going to speak for anybody else here, but the answer to that, at least the last part, is no. No. To always have control of our words, uh, you know, that's uh, that's something that I've been working on for a long time. And I wish I was better at, so I don't know about that. But should we always pretend everything is okay? No, I don't like I don't, I don't I hate, think that's what that. we're called to do. No, I don't like that. I don't
2: think that's the way it is. I don't think that's what we're called to do. I think this one was actually answered during the service as well. Was it? Yeah, that in, might have been first? first? service, yeah. Okay.
3: I wonder if there's, I mean, because there, there are two things kind of um, intertwined in there. One is emotion. And one is words. And it seems to me that words would be a response to the emotion. Mm. And um, I think what what I have heard some people say in the past is you're not responsible for the emotion that occurs, but you are responsible for what you do with it. Mm. And so I wonder if that responsibility then would fall on the words that are spoken as a result of that emotion. Can you create a, a a space there between your emotion and your words.
0: Hmm. And those are so intertwined that sometimes I wonder if the emotions are speaking into the words things that the words don't really necessarily mean. Hmm. Like you could put it in there. Well, I think if someone could have said that without being so emotional – I think I would have taken it differently but the fact that this person got either upset or they had tears or they were clearly you know shaken to have to say these words and then you go well there might there there must be more to it that I don't I don't get and so I think sometimes the the combination of those two and that's that's difficult that's that's so situ- to me that's so situational and so personal about how you deal with certain things. Like if you get angry to the point of crying and, and someone might say, well, they're, they're crying because they know they're wrong or they're weak or this. And it's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm so angry that I just can't control, you know, that, that part of my emotions. So I think that's difficult to, to really put a well, thumb on I Just like the divinity to, question.
2: Yeah. I, I think we need to, we need to give ourselves a little bit of slack in, in the yeah. sense of thinking we're not, we're not ever going to do it right all the time. And I also don't think that that means we should give ourselves permission to fly off the handle. I know. there. I, and man, I can be the king of rationalization. I have done this before. I, I have really gotten angry and verbally lost it on somebody while justifying to myself they needed somebody to lose it on them. <laughs>
0: I love you, and, John Monday. And, yeah.
2: I, I <laughs> and, and it took me a long time, I think, for God to say, no, nah, <laughs> not so much. That's that's really probably not the way. And I think about Melanie's story and how fantastic it speaking to to, to that young man in the courtroom. And I can't imagine not letting my emotions run away with me and that. Mm, but yeah. you certainly had emotions and you had strong emotions, but you decided how you were going to use them. And you probably had to take a little time.
3: You know what? That. I dragged that mess into the presence of God. And I laid it out in front of God. And then what I took from the presence was what I could say. So I did I was able to have the processing time to work, to work through it. It wasn't like an in-the-moment response, and I'm thankful for that.
0: I'm glad you just clarified that because that answered a follow-up that mom doc had that said, how can we say loving words when something very difficult has to be said to someone you love? But in this case, even to someone who just, you know, you had that opportunity and you drugged the mess before God, and Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I think that's the only way to do it if you're not going to have—or if you're going to have any chance. I mean, John John said he only had to fly off the handle at somebody— so that says that says once. So I would have I would have to, would have to say people. Mistake. Yeah. I'd Just one. Say, <laughs> I'd have to say people, you know, and so I think that's uh, that's really, really good. And this one I know um, was, was posited at the end of a uh, second, but I I really but it's one I think that in case you missed a message and I would encourage you to see it because it was it was a great message. Are we responsible for other people's feelings if our words do have the power to make people feel a certain way? Are you going into it with the idea that you're going to make someone feel a certain way? I think that's – I mean if that's the goal, then you're going to have to choose words wisely. And if the idea then is I want them to feel a good way, a way to feel godly way, then we're going to have to do that as well, right?
1: When I hear that question, for me, it's kind of a two-parter in a way. Okay. You aren't responsible for how I feel. In other words – I have to take responsibility over my own feelings and and own my feelings. With that said, I am responsible for how you feel. So in other words, a lot of times there's that cop-out that says, well, I can't help it if that offends you. Well, yeah, you can. And and there are some times where there are hard things that have to be said that do, and and it is what it is. You have to say it, you are not, you know, and, but we all have the control over how we say things, the timing of how we say things, the tone with which we say those things. And so I think it's a little bit of, you know, Cain, am I my brother's keeper kind of thing going on there. <laughs> yeah, and We murder somebody and then go, well, 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 I mean, you know, God, what are you talking about? And at the same time, I think that I have to be I have to understand that Melanie may say some things that make me feel bad, and I have to. I'm sorry, Ken. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I used you on purpose. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm glad you caught on. Um, so, no, but you know, somebody can say some things that 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 hurt me, that make me feel bad, and my responsibility is to to own my own emotions and feelings and deal with it. It may be the appropriate thing to say, wow, that that was kind of harsh. Um, wow, that was that wasn't that was that that felt pretty mean. And those are things, ways that we can legitimately talk back to people who are not being kind. But at the end of the day, they're just they're, you know, one of the things I've tried to chain my train my children is that they're just some mean people out there. And they're never gonna say they're sorry. They're not gonna talk to you differently. They may wind up being your boss. And if they are, you're gonna have to decide whether you want to work in that environment or not. And sometimes you don't, you know, if you're trying to pay the bills and you don't have other options, you're gonna have to figure out how to deal with it. And that doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that person's in the good, but you have to figure out how to sort through your own feelings to to deal with that situation. But we all, I think, personally do as Christians, have very much of a responsibility to think about the way that our words are impacting other people, and that we are responsible in that sense to care and to to be careful with our words. I love what the Bible says about Jesus in the book of Isaiah. It says that he didn't break the weakest read, um, meaning mm. that, you know, the, the person who has had the most pain in their life had the most damage to their life Jesus didn't come in and break them hmm. he, he came in and healed yeah and that that was what he worked towards i
2: i love that and that's exactly the 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 way i would have gone which is to say I, in each situation i think we we have the responsibility to take the position of responsibility and there was an entire Andy Griffith episode about this one time. Maybe I can sum it up right here. <laughs> yeah, he said, when if I lend you my car, I should expect the gas tank to come back empty, and I shouldn't be upset by that. But if I borrow your car, the gas tank's going to come back full, and I shouldn't be okay with anything else happening.
3: Mm. I think it's helpful just psychologically to be able to place the locus of control inside yourself mm-hmm. in terms of of what what am i going to do with this versus the chaotic feeling of of having the locus of control in someone else's court mm. if someone can you know says something to you or does something to you or whatever even if that's wrong if you if you can feel like you know what i have i have the choice of how to respond to this i have the choice of how to process this and work through it and the decision that i have to make in terms of what kind of response i might give but that locus of control is inside you Mm, And it's less of kind of being jerked around by other people.
0: Yeah, no, that's I like that. All right. uh, As we wrap it up, I want to give the invitation again. If you if you sent a text, got a response or you got a phone call, please do uh, send a voicemail to 407-965-1607. That'll be the easiest way. If you want to text or email, um, go ahead. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, but I would really love to hear it in your own words, if possible. And we'll we'll do a special episode if we get uh, even one. We'll make it quick and we'll read one because I think it's uh, I think it's worth our time to hear each other's stories and to to hear those outreaches and what the what the responses were. So. And I'd
2: love to hear it. I know um, I had people share with me in between the services hmm. people who had made contact with somebody they hadn't heard from in three years. And uh, and after the service, there were other people that shared. I was very grateful for the three stories that I got. I hope there are more out there.
0: And if you already shared yours with John, share them with everybody else if you can. You can remain anonymous. If it comes in as a voicemail, I will have no idea who it is. You don't have to give your name and I'm happy to read it uh, or in your own words or read it, whichever the case may be. So do send those in as soon as you can and uh, we'll pick a cutoff time randomly and we'll just – get it out there at least before next Wednesday when we tape the podcast. And if you didn't, um, if you haven't watched the message, please do. It's worth every minute of your time. And I just wanted to read the, uh, it was John 1, 1 through 5, I believe, that John referenced. And it said, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. To me, there was a lot of things that I don't necessarily understand about how all that works in, in a way that the mystery of God is alive and well there. But it was also something that I found comfort in that God let us know that. And then the, you know, what all the importance might be, might be something that every so often it might be good for us to go and think of those. And John finished with our words can't help, but move mountains. So let's be very careful how we use these mountain movers. And I think that's uh, there was a good takeaway to end with. That was it. And so John, of course, thank you again. Uh, Just, I really, really enjoyed the message and, and today's conversation. And John was a little bit worried about you, Ken, when uh, number four came across the screen, how are you feeling? Feeling good? You started, or is it? Pray it, for I, me. It's not Friday yet. That's what I heard it's from not John. Friday. Yet. He said, "Well, it's not Friday yet. I mean, I'm not working on this yet."
1: Uh, I tell you what, this is a crazy week. So I am trying to figure out <laughs> where all the, the research that I need to put in for this is going to come from. But um, it's going to be a good one. I it's it's a it's an interesting question. Why did Jesus have to die? Couldn't,
0: yeah. couldn't God just have forgiven us? I mean, that seems pretty cut and dried. Mean, I mean, if God can do anything, right? Right. I mean, if he's if we're moving mountains with words, I mean, shouldn't the guy that gave us the or the person, the entity? I hate to say, guy was sorry. That was very nineteen eighties of me. Be careful with the power of your words, right? <laughs> Thank you. Right. Could you could you please just be careful with what you yeah. say? That's gonna be a fun sermon. So don't miss next week. I don't know that it'll
1: have all the creativity that John's had, but uh, it'll, it'll well, he be took a fun a, one.
0: He took a lot of good ideas, and what do what do. You, what do you... Well, nice. when
1: you get to use them all just once a year, you
0: can really bring <laughs> a lot of. You can save them up. I, I see how you work in there. All right. Well, again, please do send in any interactions that you had. And if you need to remain anonymous, we will figure out how to do that. And uh, just let me know, 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. Thanks for listening. And who was, was – what was his name? Jeffrey. Jeffrey, thank you for listening. And, hey, Jeffrey, if you wouldn't mind, you know, like Eric told you, maybe just, like, tell a friend if you haven't already. We'd oh, I think to. he has. Has he? I think he has. Good job. Good job. He's, He's that like, kind of a guy. He. I, well, I can kind of feel it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening and have a great week.